0: Utah's sports leader. This is KZNS AM Salt Lake City. KZNS FM Colvin. 97.5-1280 The Zone. And The Zone Sports Network. And now, it's 10 a.m. Let's just get down to it. And it's time for your sports fix. Strap yourselves in, folks. From two guys who have covered the teams you're passionate about for years. We are professionals. This is Jake Scott and Ben Anderson on 97.5-1280 The Zone. Powered by kslsports.com.
1: Jake and Ben, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Jake Scott, Ben Anderson. Thank you very much for making us part of your day. What's going on over there, Ben? Oh, Jake, things are good. Things
2: are really, really good. Good? How are you? Good. Uh, I'm fine. I missed the jazz game last night. What happened? Did you?
1: I wasn't paying attention. You missed that one, huh? Uh, I was very much here. Oh. Glued to it throughout. And uh, we can get into the details of... What a loss to the Houston Rockets at home looks like. <laughs> let's, they lost? Let's be honest. Right off the top, it ain't pretty. What? Because the Rockets aren't good, and neither is Detroit, who they lost to not that long ago and have to play again coming up. So yeah. We'll we'll get into everything uh, jazz land, but uh, you're looking very scarfed and, uh, and, and put together today. You've got a, a shirt with a button on it, just one button at the top?
2: Yeah, my sweater has a button at the top and I have gray shoes on and I have a gray hat and I have a gray scarf, so I'm matching in that sense. And my pants are black, and my shirt is, or my, my sweater is black. And then when I was looking at myself in the mirror today, I had all black. I even had my black belt on. You are kind of good And I realized it was too monochrome, and I didn't want to feel like I was going to a funeral, even though we might need to eulogize the Utah Jazz, so I put on a brown belt instead. But you seem to dress darker in general. Yeah, is I, I do dark neutrals. And you're a colorful guy, which I, am, I appreciate. I'm all about the color. Yeah, which yeah. is great. I don't think I have the guts to wear color. So I've just kind of settled into wearing dark clothes. Really? Yeah. I find it makes me easier for my uh, children to keep track of me in crowds. That's probably accurate. Also, like when you go to the games, I kind of got into the uh, mode of just like when you're at games, it's easy to dress a little darker because it kind of looks like you're dressier a little bit, but it's not fancy dressing necessarily, but it's just a little easier to dress dark.
1: Do you find that people who you encounter are automatically
2: sad? Most of the time. <laughs> Whether that's because of me, or I just draw those types of people out of the crowd, and I make them sad, or I find sad people.
1: Do you, uh, do you get the, hey, Ben? A lot, actually, now that you bring that <laughs> the, up. The, the greeting, not like a, hey, how you're yeah. doing, but, hey, guy, let me tell you about
2: everything that's going wrong with me. <laughs> do you get a lot of sob stories from people? You know, I did one time walk into a little Mexican restaurant that's over here around the corner, and a guy said, uh-oh, here they come, the people in black. And it was right around this time because he was talking about people in Park City uh, for, because Sundance starts oh, today, Sundance. right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he's like, here they come, the people in black every time this year. And I was like, well, I've lived through my whole life, but okay. So maybe, yeah, maybe I just wore black for too long.
1: you do kind of fit right in with the Sundance. I,
2: surely. I'm not fighting that. I'm not trying to be that. I'm not trying to say I don't fit there. I accept that. But you're right. I wear a lot of black. So does Quinn Snyder. And I don't think I've adopted that. In fact, I've tried to make Are sure I copying? don't adopt that. I really don't. Coach Snyder? I really don't want to feel that way. I don't want to seem like that's what I'm doing because I don't at all get the sense that that's what I am trying to do. But you're just around people so often. At some point, maybe that's what it starts to look like. Oh, it's uh-huh. a, Now I'm going to be self-conscious about it. You should be. Well, my days run. <laughs> well,
1: I'm glad we could start off. The I'm gonna show. go back and get in bed. Yeah.
2: Well, you know, I'm in a bad mood because uh, I'm I'm doing a show with a gloomy guy. Yeah. Hey, what? What was? Did you see the description someone had of me yesterday? No. We got a tweet. Let me see if I can find this really quick. One guy said to me, he said, "I look like I sound on air like a the tough bald guy." Oh, I did hear this. You come across this. this is Zach Bogdan on Twitter This is the nicest thing anyone's ever said to me On Twitter You come across as the cool bald guy on the radio Because we tweeted out the uh, our photo And kind of our little ad for uh, the Jake and Ben show Which you can listen to right here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone And it has a picture of you and it has a picture of me And this guy replied and said Ben you come across as the cool bald guy on the radio Are you bald? I'm not, That's the only thing I have is hair that's the only like is, is it a tope? thing about me? <laughs> Am I wearing a piece? Is it a <laughs> Am I Ted Danson? No, this is my real hair, Megan. Do you think Ben is wearing a tube?
0: I do not. No. No,
2: but nope. My brother is a little thinner. My dad doesn't have hair. My grandfather didn't have hair. My uncle doesn't have hair. I'm like the only male in my mm. family that still has hair. See, Megan, I don't know, uh, you know,
1: exactly how genetics work, but that seems a little suspicious to me. Do you want to come come through
2: this? Do you want to run your fingers through my hair? No. Because you can. No, not in the slightest. You over can. There, uh, you can see how real it is. Pull on it. Give it a tug. Come pull my hair, Jake. Whatever you say, Marv. <laughs> Marvelous? <laughs> who's the most famous? Who's got the most famous toupee? Ted Danson, Marv, Albert, if you're just waking up. That thing. People co- always joked for a while that Letterman was wearing one because he had like the little he had the the widow's peak. Yeah, and he always would move it around and then said it was a piece, but I don't think it was actually a piece. That I don't thi- know. Most famous toupees. That's a good one.
1: That thing Costas
2: is wearing has got to be a tube, right? You think so? I'm bad at it. So it's funny. My mom was a hairstylist her whole life, so she is so good at identifying. Extensions and every woman apparently can identify extensions. I couldn't tell you, I, Megan. I bet you can pick out extensions from a mile away. Every woman can pick out extensions. I'm just blind to some of those things. Admittedly, I'm blind to some of those things. But guys with wigs, wigs in movies, like I, whenever I go at a movie, someone will lean over to me and be like, "That's a terrible wig," and I'm like, "He's wearing a wig." What? <laughs> uh, I would
1: add. Okay, I would. I would add to the argument of most famous toupee. Andre Agassi. Was that, that was a, that was fake for a long time? Long time. The mullet? The the mullet. The, he had to like suture that thing down. You don't remember that Andre disappeared from tennis for like, I don't know. You're right. You're right. No, you're right. It was after I think he divorced Brooke Shields and he disappeared from tennis to get his life together. Apparently yeah. there was some crack involved. I don't know. But when he came back, he came back. Some sh- crack involved. I'm not kidding about that. No, you're right. He he had a terrible drug addiction. He came back bald and just shaved it, went went high and tight, you know, and everybody was like, oh, well. And then he was bald for the rest of his career. And then, of course, the questions came up with like, you had a roaring mane of hair one day and then just went big bald, basically, the next. And and he he admitted that. uh,
2: He might have shaved uh, it, though, for different reasons. Oh, that he had like a like a, a, a break coming.
1: No, I think he thought, you know what? It's not really worth it to staple this big thing to my head. And perhaps if I want to be a great tennis player, dragging this thing behind me might not be the best idea.
2: Can okay, I give you a quick list before we will get to the jazz? I'm I can't sorry. believe you didn't know that. <clears throat> it makes sense. Yeah. But like I, I anyway. literally just told you, I could watch television, I could watch movies, and not at all pick out a piece. Not at all pick out a... Uh, a wig and apparently everyone can alright really quickly 12 most famous uh, active toupees in uh, males and celebrity Charlie Sheen is apparently wearing a piece Ben Affleck is apparently wearing a piece John Cryer who was on that uh, two and a half men show with Charlie Sheen Elton John currently has a piece on Jude Law Okay John Travolta That makes sense Uh Nick Cage He's got a lot of forehead Sometimes he doesn't Gene Simmons Everyone knows that Gene Simmons is an insane looking person But like he wore makeup his whole life Apparently Jason Alexander George from Seinfeld Is now wearing a piece is this Kevin Costner? You watch Yellowstone? Does he, is Kevin Costner wear a piece? Buy it. Absolutely not. No, yeah, it's I just real hair, so. right? Yeah, oh, that's, yeah, that's why yeah, I'm worried about this. That's Megan's personal bias, right there. Oh, hey, Brendan Fraser. Why would Brendan <laughs> Fraser? Have you seen him? Why would he wear a piece? He's clearly given up. Jeremy Piven from Entourage, and that's it.
1: Hmm. There's some surprises. I with Charlie Sheen. Some surprises on there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Affleck kind of surprises
2: me. Yeah, Affleck would surprise me. But hey, who's got better wigs, Affleck or J Lo? Oh, I mean, it's like JLo's supposed to be wearing them, right? It's like part of her Well, that's the joke. Part ben. of her Thank thing. Thank you. Yeah. Part of her thing. Appreciate that. Right. She's supposed to be wearing them, Jake, because she performs in them. Yeah. Mm. Ben's hiding something.
1: A lot of, lot of performers, uh, <laughs> it turns out, to wear wigs. Yeah, that's, that's
2: where it is. That's All right. Should we story. talk some jazz? Which I, jazz I, player's I'm player jazz most likely to wear a wig. Which myself? jazz player is most likely to wear a wig? Ben Anderson. I'm not a player for the jazz.
1: Who's the jazz, like, there have been some really vain jazz players over the years. Correct. Uh, I mean, Boozer
2: painted a whole hat on uh at one point with shoe polish. I think the, maybe the
1: most vain jazz player I ever covered was Carlos Arroyo. Yeah. He would not let a camera turn on. If he saw a red light, he'd be like, hey, I got to get this last piece of
2: gelled hair into the right spot. Hayward got that way before he left. Once he got a little bit of cash, he started getting a little more vain and, and was a little more worried about his appearance. There have been some guys. Now, there are guys who are just naturally awesome people. They're just like, you're cool. We get you're cool. You have so much money, but you're actually cool with doing it. Tabocephalosia. Tabo Cephalosha was a cool person, dressed cool, looked cool, and he didn't have to try that hard. Jay Crowder incredible dresser, Jordan Clarkson, one of the coolest people, probably walking the planet right now. And as I've said, the only person who's felt like a quarter million dollars when I've seen them, when I've been around them, that felt exactly like how much money they are worth and wasn't trying at all was Joe Johnson. All right. Iso Joe was, you were just around him. It was like walking into a nice log cabin where you're like, yeah, this is a ton of money. This is beautiful. This is all perfectly well done. Joe Johnson was down to a T, quaffed, taken care of, but he didn't look like he was trying hard at all.
1: The ones who don't care really don't care, which I find hilarious, the too. The best. Like, don't you want to you know, get out of that towel or dry off or something? <laughs> I don't no. Know. Let's just go.
2: No. The mevito curse of the world. <laughs> John <laughs> Whatever, Stockton. Let's just do this. John Stockton. Horribly yep. well-dressed. Horribly dressed. you see he was at the
1: Stars game last night? I did see that. Yeah, yeah his son John. played, right? Yeah. Alright, uh, do you want to talk about the Jazz game? You seem, seem really eager to get to a game that I personally uh, am tired of talking about after the
2: post-game show. Does it feel... yeah, I'm sure you are. What were your takeaways, Jake? What did you Do you have different takeaways after the Jazz loss last night than you had going into the game? Yeah, they should have beat the Rockets. Do you feel differently about the team big picture after last night's loss no, than you did
1: before I the No, I don't. Because what fundamentally changed? Nothing. Nothing. They did. They didn't move the ball, and they stopped scoring points. Like, okay. Well, I've seen that. I've seen that
2: before. And so, at what point is it a breaking point for you? At one point, is it a breaking point. Yeah. What, at what, what point do, you, do you, you say? Like, you gotta change this. At what point is this no longer okay? What define no longer okay by my standards? Yes that the jazz
1: uh, might possibly not be the nba champions i mean what what standard are you are you
2: setting uh, you uh, you i'm not going to get in your head and i'm trying to pull out some some perspective ben, from jake so i'm going to this team has been bad at perimeter defense okay. for
1: 3 years so what's your take years.
2: do you have a takeaway beyond the initial read that this team can't play defense on the perimeter do they need to fix it Do you need to? The trade deadline's three weeks away. Do you need to do something aggressive? Is this who they are? Sure.
1: But how do you do it? What do you do? What do you have to trade? I mean, the Jazz are pretty all in on this particular squad.
2: I don't think that's true because I think you have Joe Ingalls's. You have a on Bogdanovich if you wanted to go really crazy. That's a high-end trade. You better be getting a very high-end player back. I think you have a Jordan Clarkson who, if you wanted to trade, you could pull the trigger and find some pieces out there. There would be interest in guys who can score, and all three of those guys can score. You, so,
1: Well, one, you can't trade Jordan Clarkson. Two, with with Bog- You can trade Jordan Clarkson. You can, but you shouldn't. I'll get to that okay. in a second. Uh, Bogdanovich, yeah, but you look at the caveat you just put on there. You know who, who else is interested in good players? Other teams. Right. And Joe Ingalls' value is his contract. So, what can you flip that into? I doubt it's a starter. So, I mean, you're limited to what you can do. Plus, you know, the tax bill is a thing. I know Ryan Smith has, uh, has a ton of dough. But here's why you can't trade Jordan Clarkson, Ben. Because it is really hard to get players to come here when there are no other options. So if you take a player that elected to come here, wanted to be here, wanted to be in this market, with this team, in this environment, and trade him by the next available possibility, it sends a horrible message, and they should not do that.
2: Okay. I think that's an interesting argument about Jordan Clarkson that when you traded for him, you got him here, you did re-sign him as a free agent. He could have gone to he could have.
1: half a dozen teams he could have. if he wanted to and probably gotten the same dough.
2: I look at this team after last night, and here's what's shocking to me. We talked about it yesterday on the show. Every Jazz fan who's anybody who's on social media or even pays the slightest bit of attention heard the comments from Rudy Gobert on Friday pointing out the team's perimeter defense not being good enough. Heard Donovan Mitchell, and Donovan Mitchell wasn't playing last night, so you can't pin this on him, obviously. But heard Jordan Clarkson say, we don't need to hear it. We don't need to call each other out in public. We have to be better defensively. We have to be better defensively. We just have to lock in. We know we can do it. We have to be better. And then two games later, they already started doing every single thing wrong that we know they do wrong and in fact they may have had the single worst example I've ever seen the team do it. Okay. I don't know if I've ever seen the team's perimeter defense be as bad as it was last night. Now I do think that has to do a little bit with the fact that Hassan Whiteside was not out there. I do think it has to do with the fact that Rudy Gay was not out there and you were playing guys like Daniel House and Trent Forrest and and Yudoka Azabuki who just had not been on the floor enough together to know each other's instincts but my goodness... The fact that Royce O'Neal and Jordan Clarkson don't know how to pass one player off to another, don't know how to read a simple ball screen, that Boyan Bogdanovich and Royce O'Neal doubled Eric Gordon late in the game that allowed for Jay Sean Tate to get an and one on a layup in a game where you just cut to two in the final minute of the game, that they don't know how to do that is insane.
1: Do you think they don't know how to do it? Or the,
2: let's say... The focus level, let's put it nice, isn't where it needs to be. I don't think you can get the focus level to where it needs to be. So, no, I don't think well, they can do Well, because they've
1: it. made that handoff a zillion times in their career.
2: Exactly. Here's the thing. If you do things a million times in your career, at some point you need to perfect it. And they can't figure it out. They can't do it. They can't do it. That's what's crazy. That's what's insane, that they know what's wrong. Friday they talk about getting in the... I mean, talk to Donovan on Saturday. Maybe it was even... Monday about the Lakers game, and he was just talking about communicating. And he said, you just have to get into the film room, and you have to watch it and see what you did wrong, talk about it in the film room, and then you get onto the court, and you tell each other then, we saw this in the film room, this is the dribble handoff, this is the ball screen, this is how we handle it. They they talked exactly about all the stuff that went wrong last night, and then... They got to one another in a key moment against a horrendous basketball team in the Houston Rockets, and it totally went out the window. There's either not interest in talking, they don't know how to do it, or they're unwilling to do it. I I don't know what the problem is, but they are not fixing it, and I have to tell you personally, I don't believe in this team's ability to win at a high level as long as that's the rotation on the roster. As long as those are the pieces, the defense is unfixable, and they're taking on water more quickly than they can patch the holes. Well, they did it on purpose. It's a roster construction thing. You know, like Frank Correct. Vogel. 100%. Frank
1: Vogel's going to get fired in LA. Yep. And it's like, what do you expect him to do with that uh, that peach you put Correct. together there? Yeah. And so when the Jazz signed Boyan Bogdanovich yes. and traded for Mike Conley right. and moved on from Ricky Rubio and Jordan Clarkson. And they, yes, and they traded for Jordan Clarkson. They became an offensive team. They yes. sold their soul to yes. the offense. Right. And so why are we sitting here nitpicking the defense, which has not changed in three years and not holding a team accountable for being garbage on offense at times? And last night, Ben, the Rockets scored 116 points. If you're the best darn offense in the league, you should win by 10. Yeah. They so, should. So, you know... I find it much more manning. I mean, we can point out these brain farts on defense that are consequential, because they are. I'm not not disagreeing with you or coming at you, and you can go back to the film. And I know you did that last night where you went back and and crunched through some film. And so you're certainly accurate with what you're saying. But when you just let the air out of the ball and play one-on-one... And the, and the offense doesn't work, and you take terrible shots, and you, you're obviously not listening to the coach because he's telling you to run, and you don't run. Nobody runs. And nobody runs. You know, it's, it's like when Mike Leach loses, are we blaming the defense? Right, We're right. not. At this and, point, and, you can't. And the yeah. Jazz have a Vita Vea-like guy who's really special on Correct. defense and who makes a huge, huge impact. But the Jazz are still not a defensive team. They haven't been for years. So we can get. I. I just. It makes me. It makes me laugh a little bit when we get so bogged down on perimeter defense, and it's like, well, where have you been? Right. Right. No, I'm but, with you. But when they're when they have an offensive rating that is ten points higher, Correct. than the rest of the league, nobody seems to care that Royce O'Neal can't stay in front of anybody. But all of a sudden, you play a selfish basketball where nobody yep. passes, and the other team stops you with little effort. Everybody's going, well, geez, Royce O'Neal can't stay in front of anybody. I just don't get that.
2: But I do think it's because teams are solving the Jazz offense, and it took a couple years for teams to figure out how to do that. And it has evolved. The NBA itself has evolved with all these switchy defenses. So that's a huge, a much bigger problem. No, I don't think it's a much bigger than problem. Than the perimeter defense. I, think, or it's I e- think it's a problem, but I think it makes the issue that is the defense. The offense was so good for so long, it covered up the defense. I don't know how much better you... I mean, you're the best offensive team in the NBA. How much better can you get? Like, even with all those problems you're talking about, you're the best offense in the NBA. How much better are you supposed to get? And then you go to the defensive side of the ball and you can't solve anything. Where if maybe you were, you know, two spots better, three spots better, had guys who could play a little bit of defense late in games, your offense is plenty good enough to win those games and your defense isn't any any longer good enough to stay close with uh, with where the offense is. Maybe. That's the gamble you'd take if
1: you move one of those big pieces.
2: But going back to all your trades that you talked about, you moved on from Ricky Rubio to Mike Conley. Ricky Rubio, great defensive player. Mike Conley, not as good defensively. You move on from Dante Exum to Jordan Clarkson. Dante Exum, much better defensive player than Jordan Clarkson, but Jordan Clarkson's all offense. You moved on from Derek Favors to get Boyan Bogdanovich. Derek Favors was a great defensive player when you moved on from him yeah, you got Boyan Bogdanovich, not a defensive player. Like you made three defense for offensive switches, which I think is fine. The pendulum had to swing that far because you needed to keep Donovan Mitchell happy, and you needed to put some offense around Rudy Gobert. And now I think you realize that pendulum has swung too far, and you've got to find a way to center it again. Okay, Th- that's I'll, how I look at it. I'll
1: listen to that. I'm a, that's I'm, how I look at it. I'm a defensive. Uh, I'm a defensive guy. You know me. I love two way players, but the Jazz have done this to themselves on purpose. There there's no such thing as a perfect team. You've got to be strong at something and weak at, at something else. Going back to our guy Kyle's argument about Utah, right? If you're gonna be a defensive yes. squad, yeah. you're gonna sacrifice recruiting offensive players. And and vice versa. Why doesn't Michael Each get any defensive players? Right. I mean it it it's a thing. You can't be the the closest thing that we've ever seen to the perfectly balanced NBA team is the Golden State Warriors making their run. Right. Everybody else picks one thing over another. Maybe maybe the Bulls back in the day got pretty close. Yes, yeah. But, I mean, it, it just, it, you have to construct your roster in a way, and particularly if you're Utah and don't have, again, to come back to our discussion, Ben, about what's the the number one reason the Jazz don't have a title right now. They don't have a top five player in the league. Sure. So, you have to construct your roster in a way to make up for that, and the Jazz decided to go with a with a dynamite, offensive explosive offensive yep. juggernaut, gambling on the fact that they had the best defensive player in the league to prop up the defense.
2: And I think, in That's my opinion... Purpose. Correct. Oh, 100%. I think they wanted to see how far that train could carry them, how far this vine would swing. And I think the problem is, and I really feel this way over the last two weeks, you've seen, and I know it's crazy because they've had so many bodies out, but I think you are seeing that that vine has swung to its peak, and it's starting to recess. It's starting to come back to the middle, and you've got to let go of some of that vine to catch the next one, because this roster's not going to swing yeah, any farther forward. but
1: the offense we've seen over the past several weeks is not that. No, I, I, It's I, not that. You don't think that's what it is? I, I think the offense has been terrible yeah, with, I with agree with you. some minor
2: uh, exceptions. No, I'm with you. I mean, and I think that is a case of the sense that, that it's all coming backwards. That the whole... That not, even your positives aren't positives anymore. Even your strength isn't a strength like it used to be. The offense, which was so unstoppable... Even isn't what it was last year. Isn't what it was at points early in the season once they started hitting threes again. Like I think the whole thing has started to shift backwards, which is why you do need to make that that change. And if you don't shift things coming up in the next three weeks, it's just going to continue to fall back. And then I think you're going to lose all your momentum, and it's going to be much harder to fix in the off season. Well, certainly getting the whole squad back on the floor would help. Would help. But even then, like if you beat Detroit, like I don't have any faith that that fixed anything. No, but you beat Golden State and Phoenix. If you beat Golden State and Phoenix, if you if next week when you play Phoenix twice, Golden State and the Memphis Grizzlies, if you go three and one, maybe I'll believe you, but it's gonna take a lot. And I don't I, I it, saying that right now would be the same way as saying like, yeah, I think uh I think the Orlando Magic can beat the Nets and then can be and, and that's you know the Jazz are playing that badly right now. You lose six of seven and you're losing to the worst teams in the NBA. You lost to the worst team in the Western Conference at home with a 13-point lead in the third quarter, and you should have had all the desperation in the world at your back to go out and win that game, and you didn't. And that was after you lost to Detroit in basically the exact same situation. I know you had different pieces on the floor, but you had Donovan Mitchell and you didn't have Gobert. Last night you had Gobert, you didn't have Donovan Mitchell, and you had a 22-point lead, and you couldn't hold on to it. So if you're losing to the worst teams in the league and you can't figure out a way to fix it, what are you? Go get Evan Turner. I don't think that's the solution. No, that's not it. But I think you keep an eye on the Marcus Smarts of the world. I think you see if they're available. I think you keep an eye on the Robert Covingtons that I've talked about that are not perfect, but they're better two-way players than the guys you have right now. And yeah, you're going to sacrifice some offense to get there, but you need to have things that complement each other on the floor. And it feels like everything is designed to either complement Donovan or to designed to complement Rudy Gobert. And when you don't have either one of them, none of those pieces complement each other.
1: Did you notice Donovan didn't send him any
2: tweets during the game. I do wonder. I mean, he's in a he has a concussion. So yeah, there is a very real things, chance yeah, he's yeah. like, yeah, I'm in a dark room dying right now, and it feels horrible. Or I got a little
1: brain fog. The same uh, the same theory. If you've had a couple of beverages, uh-huh. don't go to the old social media. Stay off Twitter. Yeah, right. If you got Stay a off little, Twitter, little of the concussion brain fog you might be like, yeah, yeah. You might lay off. But I did notice that. Yeah, we're going to give away some tickets. By the way, coming up next. Stay tuned. We have jazz tickets for you. For Detroit? For Detroit. Stay tuned. More Jake and Ben coming up next, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.
0: What time is it? It's half past the hour and time to talk Utah jazz. Oh, Donovan! This is your Jazz at 30 update. Ring the 30-point bell.
1: Jazz at 30 update here on Jake and Ben. Let's get to Joe Ingles. Talks about the uh, need to remain focused for the full 48
0: minutes we go into every game very well game planned and prepared and the coach has spent a lot of time figuring out what exactly they want to do and what can work and we've got to do it for 48 minutes I think it's shown recently that we're not going to walk in and just win any game by showing up a couple games in this patch we haven't shot well and that's even more of a reason to lock in defensively and know what the scout is know what players tendencies are not getting down or frustrated or whatever going inwards if we get a lead or if we get down 10 or up 10 so we've uh, we've we've clearly got some stuff to work on
1: This update is brought to you by 5 Star Painting refresh the inside or outside of your home with 5 star experience with 5, to five star painting they've got the time skills and tools 5starpainting.com that's 5starpainting.com
0: Coverage in Utah. You're listening to Jake Scott and Ben Anderson on 975 1280 the Zone. Powered by Ksl Sports.com. One two three four.
1: Jake and Ben, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. It, it's time to give away tickets. 855-340-ZONE. Be the 12th colour right now.
2: 855-340-ZONE. Jake, but, would you wear a piece? Would continuing I? to our toupee, continuing our hairpiece conversation? I don't think so.
1: I don't know. I haven't gotten to that point yet. I wear hats a lot. I. You know what? I had a buddy... Recently, well, I guess this was like a year ago, came to visit from California, and he is definitely losing the battle. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? The mm-hmm. enemy has broken through, so that's something he's uh, he's coming to grips with in his life. <laughs> and he told me that automatically he assumes if you're an adult person wearing a hat that you're losing, you're your, losing your hair and you're vain about it. I say, I wear a hat every literally every day, and I'm still hanging on. I'm still uh, here. You could you can tell the good listeners Ben. Yeah. I'm still there.
2: Yeah, right. Yeah, you're fine. I think you and I are probably both doing the same thing. We're probably creeping up a little bit. Yeah, maybe maybe yeah, the power alleys. The peaks, yeah, yeah,
1: right. But for sure. doing doing fine. But I wear a hat all the all yeah. the time. I I think I just you know high and tight. It, sure. it looks fine. Yeah, there are plenty of uh, of good looking uh, guys without a big old head of hair.
2: It doesn't feel like it was the issue It used to be at some point Like being bald was like this major thing It felt like it was like this crisis And I understand some, a lot of people still battle with that But it does feel like there's less hair restoration for men As like a huge selling point And there's more people like Yeah, I'll do the Bruce Willis thing Like I'll shave and I'll be just fine Why'd
1: you make your decision to go with the two?
2: When did I decide I yeah. wanted yeah. to start wearing yeah. a piece? Right just Didn't have anything else going for me No? I was losing it everywhere else
1: Midlife no. crisis I don't think Ben wears a toupee, but
2: apparently a, a listener
1: thinks Ben sounds bald. <laughs> Which I don't know how you sound
2: bald. Hey, I get it. But you I know. get it. You, I, that is one of the funny things about radio is you assume what people look like, and but you could never draw it. You could never say what they look like. You couldn't describe it to a police right. sketch artist what you think the person looks like. But you do have this weird blurry vision in your head of what the uh, what the radio people sound like.
1: It's like. Uh, have you ever read a book and then saw the movie yes. adaptation, and a character or a place or yes. something is pronounced totally different than how you right. pronounced it in your head when you when you read the book? That's not that's not who that is. That happened yeah. to me a million times in the Lord of the Rings trilogy. See, I never it's like, read those. It's like, but that wow, makes sense. that's not how I pronounced that. Yeah. It, Game of Thrones too. It's yeah. like, no, that that's not how that sounded in my head. Yeah. Well,
2: I was way off on yeah. that. I'm sure that was a, a major issue for the sci-fi people. Okay. So, no, nah, I don't think I'd go the toupee route. Okay. Do you think your wife would make you? No. No? No, I don't. Okay. That might be part of the issue, too. There might be some... Uh, some spousal. Some, yeah, some uh, arm wrenching going on. Yeah, yeah, no, I don't think so.
1: My wife does, uh, she is going gray. Yeah. She has more and more grays. Uh, By the way, I like it. I do. That's what I say every yeah, time. I like the I like you. the gray look. Yeah. It's good, and she has really dark. She does hair, so it uh, it stands out. And she she often points it out herself, and it's like it looks great, yeah. it looks fantastic. Yeah. Um. All right, Ben. I have a, I have kind of a philosophical question for oh, you. I love uh, uh, but love uh, Jake's philosophy when it comes to when it comes to basketball, and there, there's an example last night why I ask. So the NBA is undoubtedly a copycat league, trends players. How do you react to other teams' players? How do you... How do you play? How do you play? How do yeah. you construct your roster to get past certain teams? That's a very real thing. The NBA spent a decade or more reacting to Shaq, for example. 100%. And now they've spent a bunch of time reacting to the Golden State react, Warriors. Or, or LeBron. Or LeBron. That's
2: where the Jason Tatums and the Jalen Browns and the Rudy Gay. Right. The, the, the league adapts to the best player. So Joe Ingles
1: talked this morning about how the league's going away from the big. Which, sure. Yeah. Got it. Well... Joel Embiid, last night, Ben, had 50 points in 27 minutes against the Magic. He was 17 of 23 uh, from the field, 1 of 4 from 3, 15 of 17 from the line. He went to the line 17 times. Now, maybe Joel Embiid's the guy, maybe it's somebody else. But at what point does the league go back big Well, did because you see what, there's a player that you
2: absolutely cannot stop? Did you see what Nikola Jokic had last night? What did he now, do? He I played 41 minutes. He played 41 minutes against the Clippers, was on ESPN. He played a lot. All he put together was a 49-point, 14-rebound, 10-assist outing, including hitting Aaron Gordon for the game-winner with a a second-and-a-half left, throwing a 50-foot pass across the floor.
1: Now, they need to surround those guys with players to get them to the next level. Correct. And neither team is doing that at the moment.
2: But those are teams that have players that could be the best player on a championship roster and are built poorly around them. I mean, Shaq was un. Stoppable, correct. And so the rest of
1: the league is drafting the Pavel Podklesins of the world, correct. thinking that they could figure out a way to stop Shaquille O'Neal. Yeah. I mean, if if you look at, I mean, that's got to be one of the most dominant performances in NBA history from Embiid.
2: Oh, I mean, and, it, and the fact given that- how uh, how much he played and how efficient he was. Oh yeah, insane. That many points and what'd you say, twenty seven minutes? If you
1: if you go to the line seventeen times in twenty seven minutes, yeah. what the other team is saying is like, we've, we've got up. nothing. We've given up,
2: but to foul you, that's yeah. it. I mean, Joel Embiid, or I should say, uh, Nikola Jokic has three triple-doubles in three straight games. I mean, his last three games, and they're not against the best teams in the world. It's the Jazz, the Lakers, and uh, the Clippers. He's averaging 30, 14, and 12. (laughs) Like, he's as good as he gets in the world right now. Now, he's not a great defensive player. We know that. He's not as bad as I think it might be advertised, but he's certainly not a great defensive player. But I'm with you, Jake, that Eventually, and he had 16 free throws last night. Like these teams don't know how to stop these guys. As soon as you get that guy back, the league will adjust. Now, here's what's here's the hard part. The here's why we haven't gotten there. In fact, the evolution of the super skilled big guy and Nikola Jokic is the most skilled big man we've ever seen. But Joel Embiid is extremely skilled too. Really good passer, can step out and shoot the three. Much better defensive player than uh, than Nikola Jokic is. We just have not had enough generations or high school graduating classes or kids turning seven feet and recognizing, hey, from my freshman year, I need to not just work on shooting, which became the thing. It was like, okay, we have the Chris Stapps, or whatever, these guys that are seven-footers that want to step out. No, now you've got to be able to pass. You've got to be able to play the point guard. You've got to be able to, to rebound and go. Like You've got to be able to do all these things that Jokic does, that Embiid does now, and we are breeding these kids. Like, Don't get me wrong, they, they are coming. They are watching these players, and they are learning right. – Oh, just because I'm seven feet doesn't mean I can't throw a pocket pass, doesn't mean I can't get out in transition, doesn't mean I can't be a a nightmare uh, for, for other teams to match up with. Those kids are all coming, we just haven't gotten there yet, so I disagree that we're going smaller. In fact, the league is always trying to go bigger. We're always trying to get more skill big. LeBron is more skilled, and he's bigger than everybody. Like, the more skills you have, and the taller you are, the harder it is to play. The harder it is to beat that person. That's why Jokic was the MVP, it's why... Uh, Giannis Antetokounmpo scored 50 points I mean Giannis is one of those, these people He's 7 feet tall yeah, Jake And he can move like that He's 7 feet tall Like he legitimately is 7 feet tall Maybe I know we more. don't think of it that way No he is He is huge And runs and dribbles and passes And can defend everybody on the floor Like I totally disagree that we're going big We're going away from You know Sluggish We're going away from sluggish But, but, but here's the thing who do, you, who do you take Embiid or Jokic? I'll probably take Jokic. Honestly, personally, I'm probably taking uh, Jokic. See, that's funny because I take Embiid ten out of ten times. See, I'm going to take Jokic just because I think his his skill level is higher than Embiid's. He's also way, I think he's younger. We, we and have, I'm going to take his health. But I mean, you're talking here's about here's why players. I'm taking
1: Embiid. It's kay? the size thing you're talking about. Embiid is bigger than Jokic, and nobody has who, who was the last player that had the skill set on the block scoring sure. He's the best since who,
2: Hakeem? Yeah, you think of as far as moves? moves. I mean, Duncan. Duncan was okay, unbelievable. Fine, but yeah. Duncan's a, like I said yesterday, Duncan might be the fifth best player of all time.
1: I mean, it's so smooth and so good. And let's not ignore the fact that he's probably the second best defensive center in the league.
2: But it is hilarious because. Embiid's seven feet two eighty. Nikola Jokic is 6'11", 284. Like these are huge freaks. Huge. These are huge people. So no, I disagree that the idea that the NBA is going small. It's going away from plotting, but yeah. it's 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 getting bigger. We're well, trying to get more talent. Bigger. This conversation is
1: just making me angry. Who's the owner of the 76ers? Yeah, they should fire Elden Brand and Daryl Morey tomorrow for their malpractice in roster construction around a player as special as Joel Embiid.
2: Again, it, it's it's what. You know, I mean, I think Stephen A. rants about it every chance you get. But what you're doing with Daryl Morey right now is malpractice. It is. It's malpractice. Like, well, he won't take it. He won't take the L. He can. He can fix it by the trade deadline if you get the right pieces back and they go on and have a deep playoff run. Like it's not to the point of no return. But if you hit whatever the date is, February 11th or whatever the trade deadline is, I should look it up. February 13th or 14th. If you get to that point and you haven't traded Ben Simmons, like it's probably the worst case of a wasted asset I've ever seen in my life like you remember jazz fans throwing their arms up about not using trade exceptions for players <laughs> you yeah, know what I mean like yeah. saying that's a wasted asset like Ben Simmons is great you either have to find a way to get him on the floor and playing for you or trading him to get De'Aaron Fox or to get whatever player you want out there like there is talent that you can go out and get in return for Ben Simmons and they're just not finding a way to do it and, and you're almost putting yourself in a spot where it's going to be too late to even feel like you have the chemistry to fix it once you do get those new guys on the floor I had a uh, a relative I'll say hold on to a
1: old van like minivan Mm -hmm. like an old minivan just just convinced that the that he was going to get x amount for it and that his standard was too high granted but i mean like the more time passed the less likely he was going to get it because the the minivan was just parked you know not right it it was like it was like just you know what it didn't you're not going to get what you want for it just just take the L, salvage it as best you can, yep. and let's move on with our existence. With the Sixers, I, I'm with, if they could get somebody like De'Aaron Fox out of this Ben Simmons mess. It's been mishandled so badly, right. Then that would then oh, you and, take it and you just thank the
2: good Lord that Sacramento so, is so bad at what they do. It would be so funny for how quickly De'Aaron Fox would fix so many of Philadelphia's problems. Oh, it'd be amazing. I mean, like instantly. Again, it's like when Jordan Clarkson came in. Like you didn't have enough talent. On your bench to score The Jazz were just a nightmare They were a mess So you trade Dante Exum And you get Jordan Clarkson And within two days Like everything Remember the Jazz I think they played at home I want to say they beat Sacramento And then they went on the road In LA and beat the Clippers Donovan Mitchell had this huge Fourth quarter But like Jordan Clarkson scored 20 I think in his second game In a Jazz uniform It's just like yeah You need to have the guy That can do the thing Yep Like, you need to have the guy that does exactly what you said you need to do, and those guys are out there, which does go back to my Jazz take that, like, if you need defense, there are guys that play defense, just go get them. You have so much offense, you need less of it, you need more defense. Just go get those guys, and it will fix the problem. And I understand it's not always that easy, but sometimes it is. And I look at Philadelphia specifically, and you say you need a point guard who can score the ball and run an offense. So Joel Embiid has somebody to play with, and there are so many guys out there that can actually do that. That can be had for Ben Simmons, and Daryl Morey is just folding his arms and turning the corner. No, he goes. No. We want De'Aaron Fox and uh, three first-round yeah. picks. And
1: what are you talking you're about? are going to take our worst contract. All right, ready, break. You know, that's that. It's ludicrous, and he's just terrible at his job. Um, Evan tweets in. He says, I think Jake's voice goes with Tony Park's face and vice versa. I had it wrong from the very beginning and can't correct it. Did a, a show with Tony for, yeah. for a long time.
2: Well, uh, that's unfortunate for me. Gunther and I used to get a lot of people would say <laughs> we kidding, were, Tony. they thought we were David Spade and Chris Farley. Because you heard of Gunther being the old offensive lineman. And you thought like, okay, this is a big fat guy like Chris Farley. And I'm kind of needly and I, I sound like David Spade. And that was kind of the comparison we always got, which is funny because if you saw Kyle Gunther, he looks like an MMA fighter. Like he's su- he looks like Brad Pitt in Fight Club. Like he's just super lean. He's extremely muscular. He's got a very long body. Like he is not fat offensive lineman and hasn't been for what wow. did you say? He dropped it in like three months after he yeah, stopped? It was playing. like three like months. He's yep. been super lean, muscly guy forever.
1: All right, uh, let's see. Stay tuned. Coming up next, we have some can't-miss audio. If you haven't
2: heard this sound, it's one of the greatest pieces of sound that's ever existed. That's really selling it, Ben, but it is funny. And like It's an all-time piece of organic audio to be captured on camera. All right, we'll get to it. Coming up next, stay tuned. 97.5 and
1: 1280 The Zone. Ben, Band, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone... Thank you very much for making us part of your day. Let's play this sound, Ben. This is in, uh, let's see, this comes from WSAZ Television.
2: WSAZ? In, WSAZ? Okay. In uh, like West, West Virginia. That doesn't make any sense. Uh, it would be like Southern Arizona, I would get WSAZ. But then wouldn't they be K on that side of the, how does that work? I can't oh, remember. How does that work? Well, it says they're checking in in Dunbar, West Virginia. Maybe K's radio, which I should know. Call letters.
1: I'm going to go no No, 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 no. It's K is west of the Mississippi and W is east. So that makes sense. Okay. What are you confusing me for? Here, I don't know.
2: Oh, I'm actually confusing the, the last three letters. S-A-Z. Oh, which oh. would be like southern Arizona. No, no, no. I K think it's probably says. We're K-Z-N-S.
1: So if you're in the yes. west, it's a K. If you're in the east, it's a W. Okay. So this is in uh, in West Virginia. And this is a story about a broken water main, and they throw out to the... Reporter on the scene. Yes, Unless she's on. Just, uh, she's standing outside. Our guy Tim the Anchor throws to the reporter. Here you go. Tori Orgy joins us now live
2: in Dunbar. And Tori, they're not seeing any flakes but wet roads. And now we're starting to experience, unfortunately, in freeze thaw, we see this water main breaks. Oh my God.
0: Oh my God. I got hit by a car, but I'm okay. I just got hit by a car, but I'm well, okay, Tim. That's the I'm, for I'm okay. GD, Jory. Woo! We're all good. Are you okay? I'm okay. Yeah, you know, that's live TV for you. It's all good. I actually got hit by a car in college, too, just like that. Wow. I am so glad I'm okay. Yeah. You're okay. You're okay. We're all good. This is a... Uh... Oh! You know what? It's uh, off. One more sure man. We're good, Tim. Man, are you, sure you are Kim? so sweet, and you are okay. I am so it is all good. You know, I. <laughs> oh Lord. So you? You know, it's my last week on the job, and I think this would happen. So you were bumped to in. Me, Tim. Were you
2: bumped down low, Tori, or were you hit up high? I couldn't really tell from looking. Oh.
0: I, I, I don't even. Do you know if I was bumped down low or up high, sir? I, just saw you I don't even out of the know. Dream. I don't even know, Tim. I, my whole life just flashed before my eyes. But this out. is live TV, and everything's okay. I, I thought I was in a safe spot, but clearly, um, we might need to move the camera over a bit. Yeah. So-
1: I don't know what. Okay, I don't know what's funnier, Ben. Uh, two, one. What a jerk the 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 anchor is who didn't even have it. Well, that'll happen, and you can see the video. He doesn't even like say. You know, not even a concerned look on his face as this poor reporter literally got hit by a car. It, was it was it down low? Was it was yeah? It, was it down low? Or that? Or her just confessing these weird things like I actually
2: got hit by a car in college. Can I say what the underrated part in it? Okay, is her name. Tori Yorgi? Tori Yorgi. Tori Yorgi is a great reporter name, first of all. Tori Yorgi is an absolutely terrific name. And then, yes, for everything to come out from her perspective, because, like she said, her life is flashing behind her, in front of her eyes because she thinks she's going to die because she's getting hit by a car on television. And then, of course, yes, the guy in the studio who, for some reason, there's this, like, False air of this like need to always be professional. And look, I don't. I know I don't do TV over at KSL. Like they don't let me on the TV. They know I'm not professional enough to be over there. Clearly, there is like a reason you have to be that professional. But he takes it way too far. Like your coworker almost just got killed. Um, did you get hit okay. high or low? We're you know not what? reporting anymore at this if, point. If this were the great Dick Norris, I'd like to think
1: he would have said, "Tory." Are you okay? Correct. Just check and see if she's okay first. <laughs> Are you okay? Or or how about this? Why don't you cut out of it and say, you know what? We're going to go to break, and we're going to make sure Tori's okay. Exactly. Back after this. Exactly. You know, not just, well, let's hang on here. Tim, I'm Tim with a straight face. Take a little well, control. Exactly. Well, that'll happen. She, goes, she literally says, my life flashed before my
2: eyes, and his response was, well, that'll happen. That'll happen. Will it? <laughs> I've never seen that before. Even though apparently Tori Yorgi gets hit by cars quite often. And, and what
1: we we cut out of it early because it, it's a little bit longer. But she he literally has her go back to the report, and she's like, "Oh, okay. Well, the the report. That's what I'm here for. Uh, the, as you can
2: see, there's a water main behind me, and it's like, wow, wow. And I think to use a uh, an insider term. MMJ. She's an MMJ, which is what a multimedia journalist, I can't, I don't even know what exactly MMJ stands for, but it is, yeah, you know, you've done news, Megan. They take the camera out with themselves. Like, we have this idea that you have a cameraman with you, and you're in the truck, and the cameraman's holding it, and you're the reporter, and you're standing in front of it. No, a lot of times, now, people go and set up their own cameras. They've got it running. They set it up live. They connect. So when she gets hit, like there's not a cameraman there no, to help her. It's just her. she's standing alone outside with this huge piece of equipment, getting hit by a car in front of a water main in freezing West Virginia, Portoria, getting creamed by a suburban. And when she says, "I've got to move the camera," you can
1: see her pick up the camera. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, that'll happen. Yeah, that'll happen. You flash four of your eyes there. Oh, she's
2: heading to Pittsburgh. Good for Tori Yorgi. It's, it's my
1: last week. I knew this would happen. Next I actually up, got
2: run over by an El Camino in college. Pittsburgh. That was really sad. I'll miss everyone in this tri-state, but I'm excited for what's ahead. Thank she's you for not going to miss Tim. She's not going to miss Tim. Not going to miss and Tim. She's so ready to be done with that bozo You're Tim. You're the worst, Tim. All right. How is she not tweeting about this since she got hit by a car? She's probably in the hospital.
1: No, good for, uh, good for Tori Orgi. She's a pro. That, that Tim is a real jerk. Stay tuned. More Jake and Ben coming up next, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.